All right, coaches, welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Collective. We're trying to bring you some content even during the season, and we are really fortunate to share a guest with you who's uh, not only a host of College Game Day, but also a high school football coach, getting it done on the sidelines as well. Uh, we have David Pollock here. David, thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate the help too, brother. You've been a big resource for me for coaching high school football, man, so I, I appreciate it. Oh, for sure, man. It's been fun. Well, I, I want to, you know, before we dive too much into what you're doing now, I'd love to kick it back to a little bit of your time at, at Georgia and, you know, being a player uh, at a super high level um, and then ultimately, you know, going through a, a pretty big transition in your in your own life. Um, how has that shaped you as a person? And maybe you can maybe you can fill in some of the details for for our guests that aren't as familiar with your story. Well, I mean, I, from the time I was six years old, man, I grew up and I told everybody who would listen, uh, I was going to play in the NFL. And that was my goal. That was my dream. And, um, you know, I, of course, I got a lot of pats on the head and a lot of, hey, that's cute. You know, just everybody wants to do that. And uh, uh, I always tell people all the time, every time I go speak, man, don't ever let somebody tell you what you can and can't do. God can do amazing things. And he has and um, took me through my life and my journey. And, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't easy at Georgia. I mean, you know, I, I came into Georgia as a fullback. Um, you know, everybody got hurt in camp, so I moved to defensive tackle. And then after my freshman year, uh, Charles Grant, Josh Millard, Bruce, all these guys go to the NFL, and we got no defensive ends for spring. And so I go to defensive end. I've never played defensive end a day in my life. Um, so I played three positions in, you know, eight months, nine months on campus. Man. And um, so I always tell people that, like, listen, you're, you don't know where you're, you're meant to be. You're going to figure that out as long as you bring a good attitude, man, and you bring good effort. Like, you'll figure out where, where the chips may and wh where the chips fall and where you're supposed to be. So I, I definitely had, you know, some ups and downs at Georgia, finding my way, figuring out what I was. And then I got drafted by the Bengals. I always like to tell my hat story for, for the Bengals. I had a hat for every team in the draft, and I threw, it, I threw that puppy on. And uh, the, the 49ers picked first and they picked Alex Smith and I threw the hat down the steps. And then, uh, you know, Nick Saban and company, the Dolphins took Ronnie Brown. I threw the hat down the steps. It got it got a little weird because the Dolphins um, or the, no, the Texans traded out and then traded back in. So I had to run and get the hat just to run to throw it back down the steps. And I was like, Man, forget the, forget the Texans. I'll never like you again. Um and then uh, the Bengals picked me. And it's literally the only time I looked at my phone and I was like, 513, okay, please, please don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Please don't ring. <laughs> and, and listen, the Bengals at that point stunk. I'm a Georgia boy from the South. Um, you know, orange isn't my favorite color. Uh, so all these things, you know, you see the bag heads for, you know, for uh, Bengals fans. So I get drafted by the Bengals. And, and, man, it was a great city, great place. Love Bengal Nation. Um, and my, my first year I moved from defensive end to, to linebacker. So I'm stand up linebacker in a four, three. And with that came growing pains. And so my second year, dude, I, I was ready to rock and roll and I was locked in at linebacker. I knew my coverages, like I'll never forget, man, we were running, you know, 23 and, you know, we're in two by two. And then the guy I'm lined up and I'm like, boom, I got this. I'm locked in. I'm running cover two and then boom, three by one. I'm like, what, 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 what happened? Like what? <laughs> Where am I supposed to go? Blitz, like jacking crap up all over the place. Um, and so I was finally into it and ready. And then uh, second play, second game, I go, uh, they run a draw play and I kind of take a few steps back and then come forward. And one of the things I really wanted to, 
to get better at my second year was physicality tackling because I was always a, a defensive end, so I never tackled in space, and I really wanted to grow and get better at that. And that's back when you could actually hit people and not get kicked out of games. And right. so, like, that was one of my big goals was, was to do that. And I hit ribbon drones with everything I had. And, um, you know, it was, it was the first time I've ever taken a collision and, and uh, you know, I knew something was wrong. And, and I ended up um, being paralyzed from my waist up for a little bit. And um, they take you right underneath the, the stadium and the x-ray machine and the x-rayed me. And they're like, hey, you know, you, you have a fractured C6, C7. Man. And I was like, oh, cool. What's that, a couple of weeks? And they're like, that means you have a broken neck. I was like, Oh, dang. Can we stick to the fractured C6? Because that sounds a heck of a lot better <laughs> right. than a broken neck. And um, so that was that was, you know, my journey to to football. And then, you know, in one play, man. And, and I tell my kids all the time at home, I tell my kids in football, man, like you got to you got to appreciate what you have because it can be gone quick. And and in one play to get back to your original question now, in one play, um, I lost. Dan, I lost millions of dollars. I yeah. lost fame and I lost my childhood, my childhood dream in one play. Yeah. And I will tell you right now to this day, it's the best day of my life because yeah. I am a 10 times better husband now because of that. I'm a 10 times better father now because of that. I'm a 10 times better friend because of that. I'm a 10 times better follower of Jesus because of that. Like, Everything in my life went from I had a really good life and I accomplished a lot of things that I want to accomplish and set out to. But the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I had never done that in my life. If I had 10 minutes, I'm going to run. I'm working out. And, you know, I, I got to see who was in my life for the right reasons. And mm-hmm. um, I developed so much more patience. I mean, I had I had a solid year and a half between, you know, halo, neck brace, surgery, neck brace, where. Um, you know, like I benched 455 in college. And when I got out of my, uh, that sounds really good by the way, but like, that was the bottom 20% at Georgia probably (laughs) just to to throw that out there. Like not even close to like really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very, very ungood as I like to say. Um, and, and when I got cleared to, to get out of my neck brace and to start lifting weights again, I benched 135 twice Mm. and it was like this. Like mm. it was shaking, mm. you know, like I, I had like tremors. It was so bad. Um, so, you know, it, it was just a, it was a day that changed my life forever. I never thought I would do TV. Like I never I never knew what I was going to do in life. Like I, I, this wasn't my backup plan. Like this mm. wasn't my I knew I was going to jump right into TV. I had a lot of growing pains with TV. I, I, quite honestly, I, I could play you all some clips back in the day when I was doing radio in Atlanta <laughs> that I should have been fired for. Mm. Um, but but God brought me through a bunch of different avenues and, and now he's circled back to when I was a kid growing up, I had two things. I told you I wanted to go to the NFL. If you told me I couldn't go to the NFL, I wasn't going to play in the NFL. I had two things. First thing I wanted to be, a t- I wanted to be a coach. Like I literally wanted to be a coach. That was my, I always said I would love to work with kids and coach one day. And then the, the number one most important thing that I always wanted before the NFL was I wanted to be a dad. Mm. And obviously when you're messing with your neck and your spinal cord that, you know, I kind of got threatened in that aspect too. So that was a long answer to get to your, no, that's amazing. Um, that's your question. Amazing. Yeah, story. truly, truly, truly. I mean, your story, David is incredible. I mean, and, and there, there's some people I like, as I watch you on Saturdays that really don't know about it. I mean, I remember 
watching you play college football and you know, I can't think of, I mean, you had what 36 sacks, which is a Georgia record, uh, you know, third all time in NCAA. And I'm trying to think of like t- in today's modern game, like, like Will Anderson obviously was like the disrupt. He's like the disruptor in college football. Like you were that guy, you were the face of college football. You're like, you said, first round draft pick. Uh, you, you identified as being this elite football player. And then obviously you have this tragedy. You talked a little bit about it. You touched a little bit upon it, but talk me through, talk us through like, what did you do? Like, how did you talk yourself? What was your self-talk? Like mentally, where did you go to? And what were some things that you did physically now today that you were, you're applying to your life that made you all those things, a better father, better husband, better follower of Christ. Like talk to us about like what, what things you implemented in your life because of that. Well, I, I told you about the, uh, the bench press, the, the mighty bench press of, of 135 twice. When I got cleared to do that and I got cleared to exercise, I remember playing racquetball and I remember, you know, go moving my body to the ball and then swinging and just straight missing because in my head, I was closer to the ball than, than I thought I was because I, I just didn't, I couldn't move, you know, like I used to, and I didn't mm-hmm. see things and I couldn't mm-hmm. react like I wanted to. So to me, it's when I started to develop the everyday counts mentality for me. And I do a challenge every year in November from, you know, Thanksgiving to January 1st with all of my online people is always, it's a big deal for me because it's, you know, it's the hardest time of the year, but it's a challenge to walk a mile every single day. Well, my challenge every single day was to make a couple small goals and to make every day count. Mm. And I know 135 sucked. It sucked. It mm. sucked benching 135. But you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to get 155 by the next week. Mm. I wanted to get 175 by the next week. Like I started to make small goals. I do these small goals now for me. I text message myself at night a lot of times before I go to bed. They're not always about what I'm going to bench press. Like a lot of times it's, I'm going to tell my, my wife, my bride that I love her three mm-hmm. times. Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm going to tell my daughter she's beautiful tomorrow mm-hmm. three times. Like I'm going to make sure that I do X, Y, and Z. And, and there's sometimes there's, sm- I'm going to read a chapter in a book that I'm reading, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really learned to develop a mindset of making every day count and, 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 and prioritizing and keeping the main thing, the main thing, whatever it is in my life. And I think that it kind of forced me to do that because it forced me to go, man, who's in your life for the right reason, man, who are you hanging out with, man, what are you doing? Like I was this close from not being able to walk and this close away from having more struggles and more things that I could ever think of being in a wheelchair would, I mean, some of those things, you know, come into your mind, but it, it also, you know, I read a lot of my Bible and I read about Job and I read about, people in the Bible that went through so many things in the past and that have been through so many bad things. And how do you respond? Like, because here's the thing, adversity is coming for all of us. If you've lived on this earth long enough, you know that. So, you know, it really started to develop that again. It was that everyday counts mindset, um, taking every day, one day as it comes, making small goals, creating small victories that, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know I was going to, you know, do TV and do game day and stuff like that. But I started to, to take a step each day and to get better each day and to start growing each day. So when that opportunity, whatever opportunity came my way, I was ready to kill it. No, for sure. For sure. And I, I think we've, we've talked to so many coaches over the years that have to grapple with their playing career ending and kind of, you come to this moment where you're like, can anything be playing the game? Cause we, it, it all, it ends at some point for all of us. And, you know, some some of the guys we talk to, you know, that have transitioned into coaching will talk about how their passion for the game is kind of transferred into coaching. 
How has it been for you with your passion for the game trans- transitioning into what you do with College Game Day and, you know, just getting to be around the game pretty much all the time? And, and see, that's it because I, I played football and I didn't tell you all this, but I started playing football when I was four years old because my brother was two years older. He was six. And this is when my parents knew I was going to be a football player because I played on the sidelines the whole game and I tackled everything in sight. And I hit everything and it got weird when I hit cheerleaders and like all that stuff, it wasn't good. But like my, I knew right away, like that was something that was very uh, ingrained in me. So like, how do you go from six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 22 years old. Now I'm in the NFL. Um, I'm, I'm accomplishing my goals and my dreams and boom, football's gone. What, what, I mean, what, what, like how, how is that possible? So I knew the game of football was my love, was a passion. I knew I was going to have to have it running through my veins. And in some capacity, dude, I never knew I would be a commentator. And I'd, and I'd get to follow college football and go to the different games of the week and see the fans and the passion. But, you know, I, and again, I had to struggle on TV. And, and, I, and I had to use the mindset, that again, that I developed back when I was benching 135 like a grown man was everyday counts. I'm mm. doing recaps at First of all, I'm on Fox SEC Gridiron Live. We went on late at night. My mama didn't watch. So I dang sure know Chris and Dan wasn't watching, okay? Ain't nobody watching. Okay, well, here's a, here's a flipping cool story, man. Doing Fox SEC Gridiron Live. Swear to goodness. Go in the parking deck, 11 o'clock, something at night. Look at my phone. And I, I've known Kirk Street for a while. I was in Ohio. He's an Ohio guy. Like, we went to Kenny Chesney concerts, all this stuff. I look at my phone, and I had a missed call from Kirk. Call him back. Hey, dude, I was flipping through the channels in Ohio, in Ohio. On and I was watching. I found Fox SEC Gridiron Live, dude. You're pretty good. I love your passion for the game of football. Like, hey, man, you should come try ESPN. Sure, bro. Like, (laughs) but again, like a a lot of people, we we want success and we want so and so's job. Like, guess what, bro? There is very few people in this life who are going to say, dude, I want the penthouse. Okay. Very few people are going to step in that daggum elevator and push the button to the penthouse and go to the penthouse. Most of us are going to take the stairs. I mean, you're going to have to walk. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to earn it. And, Mm. and so like the fact that he was watching at that time to me, like is, is is such a God thing. Um, He calls me and then, Mm. Hey, I want you to go, you know, meet with some of these ESPN guys. I go meet with the ESPN guys and, the one dude absolutely hated me, by the way. Uh, I won't name names or anything, but the one guy couldn't stand me. And the other guy was like, oh, I like He's pretty good. He's got something to him. Met with ESPN and started doing stuff with ESPNU for several years. And, you know, then it expanded game day. And then all of a sudden I, I became, you know, a guy that worked with Aaron Andrews. But, um, you know, it, it's just it, it's that it, it's it's a mindset of like we've got to work. And I and I had to work wherever I was at to to plan for the future. And, and I've heard so many people say different you know, the grass is greener on the other side and, you know, the grass is greener where you water it, like bloom where you're planted, all that stuff. But man, do your daggum work, like mm. get ready for your opportunity. Like, but today is, today is the day that we'll never get back. And, mm. and I try to tell that to my kids, I don't know my high school kids, but my, my kids at the house, like go kill today, like make every single day count. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. David, talk to me for a minute because I'm such a huge fan of him and I know he had a, a really positive impact on you. Talk to me 
about Mark Ricks and what type of man he was, what type or is, and what type of, of football coach he was. I, I always tell people I think that the two best football coaches to never win a national championship are Chris Peterson and Mark Rick. So um, would love to hear your thoughts and the type of impact that he's had on you today as, as you know, kind of the, the, the life that you're, le- you're leading. I think Coach Rick is an awesome, awesome coach, but he's a better human. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, if you, if you see what he's dealing with now, and I'm not going to cry, I'm going to tear up because my eyes are watering already. But if you see now, like I have a men's group with him on Wednesdays, and we get up at 530 in the morning, we come and we meet and we go through different, we're going through different things. And um, right now we're going through different studies. And, and Coach Rick comes and, you know, Coach Rick talking about, what he's going through. Coach Rick talking about what he's been through. I mean, you know, he tells the story of having a heart attack and his, le- his left arm goes numb. His right arm goes numb. His left leg, his right leg, boom, lights go out. He's sitting there and he literally said, he's sitting on the table and he's just saying, come get me, Jesus. Like he has the most peace of any human being I've ever been around. Like I've just never been around someone that is so content with who he is, with what he is. He's not worried about what the world says. And, and that's a big thing in the Pollock household, man. I'm like, listen, dude, you know, everybody's got cell phones. I don't care. You know, I know you're in eighth grade, you're in seventh grade. Like I don't give a rip. Like we're not, we're not going to be like everybody else. Like we're going to be different, dude. Like we're going to ask you to do different things and be different. And, but I just I, he, the respect for him as a man and how he's handled and, and now how he's handled his diagnosis is and and I say it's his because he's had so many health issues and um, but he keeps he keeps showing up and he keeps mm. uh, he keeps the main thing the main thing and he keeps the perspective and he keeps his faith so strong and um, you know he, there's just nothing you can't rattle Coach Rick and I think that's something that um, he's taught me so much about being a man. He's taught me so much about being a husband. I mean, he's taught me so much about all the things that I don't care about cover two and cover three and 36 sacks or whatever you talked about. He's had an immeasurable impact on me. And by the way, continues to Mm. 20 plus years later in Bible study. Mm, That's amazing. Well, I mean, it's, it's cool to hear. um, It's cool to hear kind of the impact that he made, made on your life. And I remember, you know, we had a conversation a little while ago where, you know, to, to many folks listening, like you have the greatest job in the world. You get to you get to go and watch college football and be involved in the sport. Um, and I remember you expressing a desire to get on the sideline and coach. And I was like, hold up, wait a second. Like that, you know, you have so much going on, You have, especially during the season. And you wanted to give back. And obviously, I would imagine Coach Rick and, and others in your life have, have had a huge impact on your desire to do that. Can you talk us through a little bit about where that comes from, that desire to not only be a host of College Game Day, but then also be be helping out at a high school team in the area um, on Friday nights? Man, I just, I could tell you, I could say Eddie Shaddix to you, and Eddie Shaddix means nothing. And I can take you back to when I'm in high school, when I'm a sophomore in high school, and I, uh, I'm not playing varsity because I'm not good enough. I'm not playing JV because I'm saving my quarters for varsity. And I go in Coach Shannick's office, who's my defensive line coach, and I'm like, Coach, this sucks. Like, I'm working way too hard not to play. Like, I, I'm just – I'm good. Coach Shannick takes me 
And he goes, hey, man, hey, just come work out with me. <clears throat> I said, just come work out with me. Okay, like, sure, come work out with you. So started to work out with him. I grew about uh, six inches that year from sophomore year to junior year. Gained 50, 60 pounds. Um, you know, really obviously hit puberty and got big and got strong. And obviously didn't have a problem talking me into coming out the next year. But he invested in my life and changed my life. Like, I, there, there would be no me without him. And so I think I look at my dad growing up. My dad was my high school or my youth league football coach. And he poured into me and changed and changed the way I looked at things and changed my life. And so I just wanted the opportunity to do the same thing. Like I don't have an opportunity with what I do. I'm on camera. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not belittling my job, but I don't get to, I don't get to touch lives. I don't get to change lives. I don't get to, you know, to be involved with like, I take my high school kids now that, that are, that I'm working with. And this summer we worked out a ton and I do every single thing with them and take them through murderous workouts and, <laughs> and, and absolutely destroy them in row competitions and these different things, because, you know, we work out a lot and I just, but, but I do that because I want to show them like, listen, not only are there's, there's levels to everything we do. Right. But I want to teach you how to push yourself harder, but I get to have hard conversations with them. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'll never forget like these kids, you know, they, their language obviously ain't the best. Y'all know this being around, you know, high school kids. And I got a kid on my team that has a, you know, a, t a tattoo of his a cross on his arm. And he's, you know, I've been there for several weeks, but he's mother blanking this and mother blanking this. And I, I was starting to get to know him and starting to get to know him. And I was like, Hey man, what's that cross for on your arm? And he's like, uh, he's like for God, you know, it's a cross. I was like, okay. I was like, well, do, you, do you honor God with your words? Like, does what you say matter? Because you just blank this and blank that and blank this and blank that. I was like, you think that's really honoring God? And hearing that same kid say that to another kid, you know, a couple of weeks later, like, that's why I want to coach. Like, I don't have to, I'm, I'm a D line coach that can teach them and, and teaching them how to use their brains to me is so much fun. Like, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and I don't want to go nerd. I don't want to go nerd football on you guys too much. Hey, you can nerd. You can nerd. Yeah, please. Well, you're, well I know y'all can nerd, but like, <laughs> you know, we're in the first game of the season and we're playing our rival and we, we are, a, we're a four a school. We're not the most athletic team in the, in the country by any stretch. We're really tough. We're physical. We're good. But we play a ton of, you know, we call it Cinco technique where you're, you know, you're a B-gap player and you're going to cop on, on pass. Mm. And I'm like, and we're smart. Like we're the number one public school in the state of Georgia. So we got a bunch of kids. I call them nerds. Y'all are a bunch of nerds. Okay. It's third down and 11, third down and 12. And these guys are, you know, running right down the middle of the guys and playing B-gap first. And I'm like, okay. Y'all are, y'all are really pissing me off. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, okay, you're going, we have one kid who's going to go to Harvard or Princeton. Like that, he's like super smart, good player. I was like, dude, what's the probability of run on third and 12? <laughs> like, okay, 99% pass. Let's play pass and react to run. Like, just small things like that of like, and getting them to read stances and getting them to, you know, to see the next guy on defensive line movement, to use your hands, to set things up with your, you know, your body language. And just, you know, that's, that's been really, really fun, but it's just so fun. It's always been fun to me to get in kids' lives and to try to make an eternal impact and try to make them set goals and help them reach them. And, um, you know, I, I just, I don't get that from my job. I love my job. I, and here's the thing I do get with my job. I get to see a bunch of football. I get to know a bunch of football. And, 
you know, my, my platform grows and I get to go speak, which I love. I get to go share my testimony all over the country, you know, all over the Southeast. And, and, and I love doing that. That's something that I, I thoroughly enjoy. But man, when I get to get in people's lives and help them accomplish their goals and dreams and teach them to strike. I got one kid that came up to me. He was like, hey, coach, this, this is, I'm, I'm six weeks, eight weeks into the job, months and months and months ago. And I was like, he's like, hey, coach, I'm elite. I was like, you're what? He's like, I'm elite. And I was like, I said, I haven't been here long. I said, I went through all of spring and I went through all of camp. I was like, you are far from elite. And he was like, he was like, what do you mean, coach? I'm elite. I said, elite to me, I said, is hitting a standard every single day, no matter what is coming at you. And no matter how much success you're having, like, I'm going to be here every single day. And I was like, you are a roller coaster. I was like, have you been to Six Flags? I was like, you are all in your feelings. I was like, I was like, elite is standard over feelings. I was like, don't give me your feelings and don't give me that crap. Like, and so like, but those conversations are so much fun. Like, you know, I, I don't get to go to all of the games now when my, when my year starts, because I'll be traveling. I'll get to go to some still. And my kids being able to text that my kids texting me before the game and saying, Hey coach, I wish you were here. Like, um, but just getting to have a, a, a eternal impact, a, a, mm. an impact way beyond um, what they're doing, you know, just in high school and helping them see those things to me is, is worth it with the relationships. And that, that's what I want to be able to build. Mm. Mm. No, I, I love that. I love that you talk so much about relationships and that's, it's amazing. I think there's also something I just want to let everyone know is that you take, you also take it really seriously. Like you study hard, you're prepared, you're prepared for game day, you're prepared for, for high school game day as well. Um, and, and that's something I, I think I, I really respect about you. I know that there's some people in, um, in the media that um, maybe have more of like a cursory understanding of the game, but I think you've really, um, you've really gone out of your way to understand the game. And I, I've appreciated that getting to know you a little bit for sure. Well, you know, Dan, this is one thing for all the coaches though. Like, if you really want the best from your kids and, and you want to, you know, extrapolate the best out of them, help them reach their best, which also, which benefits us, right? It benefits all of us. Like you better know your crap, mm. like, and you better bring energy every single day. If you don't bring energy and you don't care, do you really yep. think they're going to care? Do you, do you think they're going to give you everything they have? If you don't give them everything they have, mm. like, I, I think it's one thing that, that I get I get blown away with is like you get you get today to go teach them to go grow them to go help them but again you come at them up and down you come at them in your feelings you come at them like they're absolutely going to adopt that personality if you come at them intense every single day and you bring their best they're going to be like dude coach brings his best I better bring my best. Mm. Absolutely. David, you are clearly a man of great passion. I don't think anyone could ever question that. You're passionate about your family. You're passionate about your faith. You're certainly passionate about the, you know, the, the young men that you get an opportunity to invest your time in. How do you take that passion, obviously, and invest it property? Kind of like for you, you have to find balance, man. I mean, you get pulled in a million different directions. Like, talk me through what your day looks like. Talk me through what your week looks like. How are you finding that balance of I'm a husband, I'm a father, then I'm this, then I'm that? You know, what does that look like? How are you prioritizing your life? Yeah, I think it's something that it's hard for, for everyone to, to manage their time. 
Um, and by the way, I've, I've been married for, you know, 20 years and I've had a lot of, you know, ups and downs. And I've had a lot of times when I was really bad at, at managing my time and it's led to, to problems. But, you know, the biggest thing is God's the most important thing in my life. God's the most important thing in my wife's life. God's the most important thing in my kid's life. You know, he's got to obviously get the most important parts of me. My wife is next. And that ain't negotiable. That ain't, um, you know, I tick my daughter off all the time. My daughter's 12 and I'll ask her, I'll ask her all the time, like, baby girl, who's the most important, who's the most important girl in my life? I know, mommy. <laughs> like, but, but I'm like, dude, you're absolutely right. Cause she was here before you and she going to be here after you. And that woman right there is everything to me. So I think I, I have to show my kids that I have to live that with my kids. I have to show my wife. And for me, it gets hard. You know, I travel Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So what does that look like? I'm gone. You know, mm -hmm. coaches, y'all are gone a lot. Y'all are busy a lot. Y'all also have a few minutes here and there. And, and I, I make it a point to make sure that I reach out to my wife when I'm gone and when I'm on the road and I'm texting her and I'm asking her about her life. Because you yeah. know what happens a lot of times we got exciting stuff going on. We got games, we got outcomes, we got all this stuff. It's easy to go, Hey, what are you getting ready for? What are you getting ready for? No, 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 no. Baby, I appreciate you being at home with the kids. Mm. I appreciate you getting them to school. I appreciate you mm. getting them to this. Thank you so much for being such a great mom. Like I have to make that priority number one every single day on my, on the earth. Like she has to know that I have to show that like, we play a lot of games together. Like we play words with friends. It sounds stupid. I know, but when I'm on the road, like it gives me oh, another, sure. another thing for me and her to talk about and me and mm. her to play. Um, and then my kids, my kids know, like, like I'm going to have to miss certain things because I coach and, you know, every day I'm coaching from four to, you know, whatever time in the afternoon that, that I'm coaching. Um, but I make sure that, you know, Thursdays, I make sure I get to, to my son's game. And when, when I make sure I, I coach my daughter in flag football and, it's by the way, it's so gangsta. And you want to nerd out by the way. Like we, my girls know how to bail it and play like read the oh, I love it. I love it. They know how to yeah. they know how to stay on top. They know how to stay on top of routes. Like they know how to read routes. You're rolling safeties. <laughs> you're doing, you're doing it's, it, it's phenomenal, by the way. It's it's really, really fun. Um, but no, I think it's 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 a daily prioritizing. Like, am I reading? Am I reading my Bible? Am I going through study? Am I, for me, it's, a, I have to have a ton of accountability with people. Like yeah. I need friends that like, we do a topic, you know, once a week with our, with our small group, we meet every, every Wednesday morning at 6am. That was what I was telling you about with coach Rick. What are we talking about this week? Okay. Right now we're doing a, what does the Bible say series? What does the Bible say about um, marriage? What does the Bible say about friendship? What does the Bible say about all these things? And so we'll do one a week. And so I have something to read every single day you know, currently reading, you know, whatever book I'm reading, I'm reading James right now in the Bible, I'm going through James, but, um, you know, making those things a priority, making my family, my wife, the priority, number one, making my kids a priority, making sure they know, um, I love them, making sure I'm sending them messages and I'm showing up for their things. And then the last thing I'll say this, I know we're going to miss things and I know we're going to be gone, but when you're there, be there. Mm. put your stupid yeah. phone away, Aye. put yeah. football yeah. away, Aye. put your job away, put your feelings away. When you're there, you have to show up. I got to show mm -hmm. my kids they're important. Aye. I got to show them I love them. Not come Amen. in, oh, I missed you so much, daddy. I'm sorry, daddy, was it football? Bull crap. How was your day? 
How did you impact somebody today? Baby girl, did, did you give away? I tell my kids when I drop off at school every day, how much, like, how much does kindness cost you? Nothing. It's free and you yeah. have an unlimited supply. Who did you give kindness away to today? Mm, like, who did good. you make feel better? Like, so, I mean, if, if we're doing those things and we're showing them those things, I, I think they start to take the message. But yeah, it does stink to miss things, but let them know they're a priority and when you're there, be there. Mm, mm, mm. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Well, David, we we don't want to take too much of your time. We know you got a lot going on, um, especially during the season. We're very grateful that you you spent a little bit of it with us, and uh, we're definitely uh, we're pointing people in your direction. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of coaches know you through College Game Day, but um, just a, a great uh, resource out there. I think just an encouragement for all the coaches to, to keep the main thing the main thing. Well, I appreciate you guys. This is this is awesome. I mean, to do stuff like this that reminds coaches because we all need it by the way and, and by the way we, we're all going to get this jacked up and we're all going to lose perspective and we're all going to get involved in certain things and start to lose our way sometimes but it's awesome that you got something that can keep people going okay don't forget it don't forget it like keep the main thing the main thing let's keep let's making sure we're holding each other accountable so I know, I'm glad you guys are doing this because if you ain't got accountability if, if you don't if you surround yourself by if you're a first of all if you're a person that doesn't take people's advice and doesn't listen, eventually you'll be surrounded by a bunch of people that have nothing to say. Mm. Mm. So you better mm. find people in your life that are going to hold you accountable. And I appreciate you guys doing this because this will definitely hold us all accountable on what we're saying, what we're doing and what our actions are. No doubt. Well, you're going to have to keep us posted how the season ends up uh, for your boys and, and we'll be sure to catch you on game day as well, man. And we look forward to connecting some more in the off season as well.